guys, welcome back to the Training Camp Podcast. The Training Camp Podcast. I got a new chair. With a multitude of guests. <laughs> can't say he's wrong, am I right? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You, dolphins. <laughs> no, I, I really like Stupid games. 5-0 last week. That's right. 5-0. Dak Prescott, you could lock up that four seed. Again, it's not blazing hot. 65 degrees. I'm going to do this for fun. They threw to Michael Thomas. The Heat. How? Chicago. Yes, you guys get an F. And a little too much personality. No, no. Last week. No, no, Ravens? Oh, fuck. Give me that. <laughs> no way. There's no way. Hammering. Three. Really, do not talk about him. This was my fault. Flex the game. Here we go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Train Camp Podcast. Um, it's warm as shit outside. I don't know about for you guys, but I think it's like 88, right? Hey, Google, what's the temperature? The current temperature in Salt Lake City is 85 degrees. 85? Yeah, with the sun beating down on you, though, it feels like 95. Um, so, but hey, summer's upon us, and it's officially June. Uh, good stuff. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Um, my birthday month, too. Ooh, two weeks away from my birthday. Two weeks from when this podcast comes out. We'll be. Oh my God, there's gonna be a podcast that comes out on my birthday. That's so cool. I that <laughs> that didn't plan that. Um, first thing I want to talk about with you guys real quick, just for like a couple minutes. Um, I, I, how are you guys doing? <laughs> no, I'm. I want to hear from you guys. Uh, what you guys would like to see on the podcast with the summer coming up. Um, I obviously have more time to work on the podcast, and I've been trying. I, there's been a lot of like just behind the scenes stuff like uh, moving parts happening and so if i'm very curious what like the consistent about 20 to 30 (laughs) of you uh would like to see on the podcast whether it be you know more segments um that are more game show-esque or just more segments of me talking if you guys do like videos of me just randomly talking you guys can check out my uh, talking to the camera uh playlist i'll leave uh, I'm not going to leave a link in the description. You guys can just check it out. It's like I think the most recent upload besides this podcast. Uh, I basically just pull out the microphone, talk for 20 minutes max. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. And then put the, the microphone away. It's a good time. But no, I'm curious what you guys like to see, what you guys, if you guys want to see more guests on. I do want to bring some more people on that have already come on and also some new people just to branch out as well. But anyway, let's leave it there and let's hop into news of the week. So this, this broke today, <laughs> like a couple hours ago. Uh... Coach K will be retiring after this season. So he's not retiring now. It's just once the, the upcoming season ends, he will be retiring. That's wild. A lot of people are speculating that he's going to be going to the NBA. I really doubt it. Uh, very similar to, like, college football. Most college, uh, like, esteemed, resume <laughs> college coaches for basketball don't really like to go to the NBA because they have that... Uh, they have that you know notoriety within college basketball and if they don't succeed in the nba then it's well what about the nba i think one of the only coaches had a really good job is brad stevens um which i don't have much more to say about coach case so speaking about brad stevens uh danny ainge he stepped down and brad stevens is taking his place and uh it sounds like brad stevens actually isn't going to be the coach anymore it sounds like he's going to be full president of uh, basketball operations in boston 
As some people are reporting that he's going to be the coach and the president of Boston Basketball Operations. I don't understand how he'd be able to do that. Uh, it's not like, you know, Bill Belichick where he can be the coach and the GM. This isn't just a GM. I mean, this is the president of Basketball Operations for an entire NBA franchise, if not like the NBA franchise, them and the Lakers. Um, so going back to Coach K, a lot of people are thinking that Coach K is going to take Brad Stevens' spot. He's probably not going to. The biggest name I've seen so far is Jason Kidd. Um... But that's the first name to fly out in the first, you know, three hours since this has been reported that uh, Brad Stevens will be taking that spot. Yeah, I don't see Brad. For me personally, I don't see Brad Stevens staying um, as the head coach. He'll probably just move to basketball operations, which there were a lot of rumors that if the you know, Celtics didn't do well in the playoffs or well in the regular season this year, that he'd be fired. Uh, I think it was probably the Celtics knew he wasn't going to be the head coach much longer. And teams were like, oh, he's not going to be the head coach much longer. Let's, let's get this out to the media. And the reality of the situation was Danny Ainge was going to step down and uh, Brad Stevens was going to take his place. With Danny Ainge stepping down, uh, I don't know. It's mixed feelings because, like, I mean, he did. I still see the Nets trade as, like, a positive for the Celtics because you got rid of aging KG and Paul Pierce, and you got really good picks out of him. I'm pretty sure the Jason Tatum pick is uh, part of that trade, and so uh, he obviously didn't. He obviously did have some of his trades that weren't that good. Like, uh, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, they have a young core, uh, a good young core too. Uh, just, just with Jason, J Jason Brown, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. Um, I mean, he even was somehow able to trade Isaiah Thomas and some picks for Kyrie Irving. Like, that's a really, really good trade. Um, so I'm not going to consider the Danny Ainge era a failure, especially because, like, there were, you know, the, the Warriors dynasty was was uh, up and coming at that point. And I, uh, the Warriors dynasty was up and coming at that point. And they were, they were not, they as in the Celtics were not going to get past like LeBron and the Heat or LeBron and the Cavs. Um, I mean, their best chance probably would have been like the bubble or the year before the bubble when it was uh, Raptors Warriors. But that's just kind of, I don't see it as a failure. I just see it as, yeah, it was a pretty good GM. Set them up well for the future. Um, staying with the Celtics, the Nets finished that series 4-1. Uh, I, I yeah, I feel bad for the Celtics. Kemba didn't play that. I think he only played, like, what, one game, if that. Um, Jalen Brown didn't play any of the games because of injury. Jason Tatum was really, really good, though. But uh, it was just not a good matchup. I mean, the Celtics were in the play-in for a reason. Just the roster, the injuries that they sustained, it wasn't going to be good news for them. And honestly, there weren't many series that the Celtics could have won. And being paired up with the Nets in the first round was a real shot to them. Uh, and their season and their hopes. But um, like I said, they'll probably bounce back next season. The Nets, though, now that they're going to go against the Bucks, this is probably going to be one of my favorite series to, to watch in the playoffs because uh, the Nets don't play defense. <laughs> Just don't. Uh, the, the Bucks love big men. They have so many big men. Do you know what the Nets don't have? Big men. Yeah, I know they have, you know, Blake and DeAndre, who, like, DeAndre has not gotten any time. But, like, those are their biggest guys. I mean, KD is probably taller than them, let's be real. There's no way KD is only 6'10". KD is probably 7 feet tall, but KD doesn't like defense. I'm not saying KD is a bad defender. KD is actually a pretty underrated defender. And so is Harden, I will say that. Like, I, I'm not on the same train of, oh, Harden can't defend. I think Harden doesn't like to defend, but when he does, he's actually a pretty good defender. I still think Kyrie is not a good defender. Uh, but, like, kind of like what JP said, what, what, uh... 
you know, what points Kyrie allows, Kyrie will then double <laughs> in that game. But uh, I don't know, man, the defensive juggernaut that is the Milwaukee Bucks, as well as their ability to finish at the rim, which is like one of the biggest weaknesses defensively for the Nets is to, is to finishing at the rim. I think this is going to be a really good series. It would not surprise me if this went seven. It also would not surprise me if the Bucks did win. Um, that's just my thoughts on that. And then speaking of my favorite series, uh, what's quickly turning into my favorite series, the playoffs, the Nuggets Jazz. Okay, Damian Lillard is the greatest player right now in the NBA playoffs. If the playoffs had an MVP, like last year with the bubble MVP, if the if the playoffs had an MVP, not like a finals MVP, but a playoff MVP, Damian Lillard would take this. He is probably, he's not, it's not even a question. He's the best shoot, he's the greatest shooter in the league, not named Stephen Curry. Um, and I just feel bad for him, man, because he's such a good guy, because he's like, he's gonna, he wants to stay in Portland. He doesn't want to do the whole super team thing unless they go to Portland, because Portland's been such a home for him. But man, I just want to see Damian Little win a championship. He's got the talent, he's got the personality, he's a good guy, he's got the leadership. And I mean, if CJ doesn't step out, let's be real, they probably get the ball to Lillard and that game goes into 3 OT. Um, it's just an absolutely unreal. 55 points off of 70 from the 70 from the field, 70 from three, and he had, I think 11 assists. So yeah, fourth most all is it fourth most or third most all-time points? Great job by Damian Lillard, man. I really hope. I really like the, the Trailblazers a lot, and I hope that next season they can get him. Nurkic has not been the same since the injury. CJ's still pretty good. CJ's uh, really, really good, too. Um, but they need that three, and it looks like Nurkic is not that three we all expected them to be. Expected him to be. Um, so it looks like if they can go after a big man in free agency or trade for one or something, then I think that'd be good for Dame. But, man, I just want to see Dame win. <laughs> That's all I want. Uh, yeah, speaking of playoffs, let's move into Lakers. So the Lakers dropped the game last night. This game was so bad that me and JP, JP, the world's biggest LeBron fan, who I'm surprised has not texted me during the show yet, um, we left with like 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, we did not watch the entire game. We were more, we were watching more of the Denver uh, Portland game, which is fair because that was a good game. We were watching that. More oh so we, we we went out we went out and watched the game um and they had them on this, both screens yeah I I think after the second quarter I stopped watching the Phoenix game I think JP was watching just to hope that LeBron was gonna do something but yeah no we we left early because that's how bad that game was once the Nuggets game ended yeah it was over um which like I don't know man ah. Uh, I was thinking about making a talking to the camera video last night, but I was like, "Yeah, the podcast is tomorrow, so we'll just talk about the podcast." Um, for me, I really want to say—not that I want to, but like realistically, it looks like the Lakers are gonna be done. And I don't want to say that because I really like LeBron, but at the same time, like if CP is even eighty percent in Game Six, uh, and you know, it's AD is probably going to play because this is a do or die situation, and they need as, ma as much help as they can get. Even like a seventy percent AD is better than Marcus Gasol or uh, Andre Drummond, who are both really bad yesterday, especially Andre Drummond. Um, but you know, and so if you're going to have an eighty percent against the sixty percent AD, the Suns are probably going to take that. The only thing I think that the Lakers have going for them is that the game is in Los Angeles. Um, but I don't know, man. I. LeBron has to like turn back the turn turn back time if he wants to pull this off because I mean he's gonna need like a fifty point game. I honestly thought 
that he was going to get that 50-point game. I made a video for talking to the camera after the Anthony Davis injury, and I was like, yeah, Braun's probably going to go for like 45 or 50 in game sit in uh, game five just because like that's what Braun does, and then Braun didn't. Braun was definitely very hesitant in this game, which was kind of weird. Like, I mean, for the first the first quarter, he was, he was attacking the rim a lot, but he wasn't finishing a lot. He was asking for a lot of fouls, which... To be fair, once the second quarter came around, Phoenix was getting a lot of the calls. But at the same time, for the first quarter at least, like there was just a lot of physicality being allowed on both sides. But yeah, LeBron's going towards the rim, but he wasn't finishing. Uh, I'm not going to test that to him being old. I'm going to test that to DeAndre Ayton's great defensive uh, defensive ability as well as Chris Paul's great defensive ability. Um, and so for game six, man, Bron's going to have to drop 50. Like, Bron's going to have to have a Dame-type game. Um, with... With CP, if he plays, I really will, like, really lean towards the Suns. If he doesn't, then the Lakers should be fine. But at the same time, like, D-Book is finally in his bag now. I mean, D-Book had, what, 20 points in the first quarter after the last game. He only had 17 in the entire game. Um, I mean, DeAndre Ayton had a fantastic series. And even, like, the role players, uh, Cameron, uh, oh, God, was it, oh, God. Payne, I was going to call him Cam Johnson. Uh, Cameron Payne has had a great, great series coming off of the bench. McCall Bridge has been great. Jay Crowder has been great. Like, the role players are being utilized really well, which I give credit to Monty Williams. So, And honestly, I think that Monty Williams is a much better coach than Frank Vogel. So, I mean, the only thing that the Lakers have going for them is LeBron James is the best player on the court, easily. Um, and I'm going to be real, man. AD is not number two but in this series. I'm saying healthy AD is not the second best player in this series. The second best player in the series I've got to give when healthy is Chris Paul. And the third is Devin Booker. And then it's Anthony Davis for me. And you know what, man? This is a really rough situation for LeBron. I'd say the Lakers, but LeBron especially to be in because... If I'm LeBron this offseason, do I... Talk to the Lakers about possibly trading Anthony Davis for for maybe not a big man because it looks like Braun has more success without big men and more with guards. Like with Kyrie, uh, you know, Kyrie was more of a central component to winning the NBA Finals with Braun the year they did rather than Kevin Love was because Kyrie had that shooting ability. Um, like, so do you try to go after like a Bradley Beal? Or a Damian Lillard, you know, someone that you could maybe argue has the same value as Anthony Davis. But with Anthony Davis, man, he just gets hurt so much. Um, and I will say this, like, when Anthony Davis is healthy, he's a great player. But at the same time, like, this game is moving away from size and moving towards shooting. We've been seeing that the past couple of years. I mean, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard's game alone yesterday shows, like, that's where the league's going. And uh, yeah, Dennis Schroeder is definitely not doing that. <laughs> Um, I think if the Lakers maybe can get, like, a good package for, like, Schroeder and Anthony Davis to get, like, a, a, a big man of Schroeder's caliber and then a guard of Anthony Davis's caliber, I think that'd be best for LeBron because LeBron succeeds when he has shooters around him. And I said this in one of the other Talking to the Camera videos, which is, like, this roster, this Lakers team has been assembled so poorly. Um, at the beginning of the season, I was like, man, how is this team going to be stopped? But the more and more I watch this team, they don't work well together. They're not built to work well together. Um, I mean, I, I said this in the, in the video. I said that this roster, if you take away Anthony Davis, this is a worse roster than the roster that Braun inherited when he first went to the Lakers with Lonzo, Kuz, Ingram, you know. 
And for me, I would rather have uh, JP was asking me because we were talking about that last night, and I said I would rather have that roster now, um, just because you have uh, a guard and a forward. And I'm not saying that if they would have stayed with the Lakers, that Lonzo and Ingram would have developed the same way. They would not have. Definitely not. We've seen any player that leaves the Lakers is somehow better, and that's not the concern of mine. Is like. If the, the Lakers trade for like a Bradley Beal or a Damian Lillard, are they going to get worse? Because this isn't just, this isn't a LeBron thing. Like, yeah, LeBron definitely like doesn't de-elevate players, but they have to take a smaller role uh, because LeBron is a very uh, ball-centric player. That's not a shot at LeBron. That's just a fact. Um, but like with the Lakers in general, they will land stars like when they landed Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, and they just washed when they play with the Lakers. And you could you could argue, okay, well, Steve Nash was already washed at the time. Well, okay, maybe, but then when Dwight Howard left and went to the Rockets, he was better. So it's so it's such a weird thing that it's like whatever's in the water with the Lakers, whatever. I mean, LeBron and Kobe are the only two players who have been consistently good in the last 10 years with the Lakers. Everyone, every other star that's gone to the play, uh, that's gone to the Lakers has not been good. So I don't know what that is. I don't know if that needs to be a change in management or what the problem is there, but there's an issue in Los Angeles there. Um, but I am worried about the Lakers, man. I just... They don't match up well with the Suns right now. Uh, and it looks like the one thing that I was saying was that the Clippers are starting to figure out the Mavericks. It looks like the Suns are starting to figure out the Lakers. And, you know, I know it's LeBron James, and he's never lost in a round one, and they definitely have that going for them. But, I mean, with Game 7 being in Phoenix, and Game 7, if it goes that far, likely having a healthier Chris Paul than you had in Game 6, like, I don't know, man. It's... Things are not looking good. And also, there was a stat like 83% of teams that win game five end up winning the series. Like, that's wild. Um, I just don't know. I, I'd like to call this the best series of the playoffs, but uh, a game with a 30-point blowout probably doesn't match up to that. Uh, I'd rather watch a game that goes into almost three overtimes. So, I don't know. I, I would like the Lakers to succeed because the NBA is like, this is something that I always say, the NBA is good when the big market teams are good. And I also just like and respect LeBron James a lot. But at the same time, like, for me, they don't really deserve it. Okay, well, JP didn't interrupt the podcast, but Easton did. That's wild. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so those are my feelings about the Lakers situation. Also, did you guys notice that I just changed the banner from last week to just Lakers instead of Clippers? <laughs> it says Los Angeles Clipper Lakers instead of Clippers. Yeah. Lazy, but efficient and real. Uh, in the next look of the podcast, we're going to talk about the NFL, like the biggest trade rumors and where I think the best fits are, as well as what I mean. So stick around for that. Hey guys, welcome back to the Train Camp Podcast. Uh, if you guys hear background, like sound, uh, my building is now doing construction on the roof. So luckily, that's a couple floors ahead of me or above me. But yeah, we're they're doing a lot of construction. Which shout out to my building because the construction they did on our parking garage, it looks beautiful actually. Like I'm not gonna lie, I this this is the dumbest thing. I sent a Snapchat to my friends saying, "Look how nice the parking garage looks," because <laughs> it literally looked so good. Okay, if you guys missed it in the first leg, we talked news of the week as well as why I think the Lakers could possibly be done in the playoffs this year, and maybe in the future. We don't know. Um, let's hop into my NFL trade segment thing (laughs) one thing i was talking to jp about and uh i think a couple other people is i was like i like how when i started this podcast i was like this is gonna look professional i want this to be a professional looking podcast and now i'm like no 
let's just have fun. I'd rather have fun than have this shit look professional. I'd rather this be enjoyable than it be professional. Uh, all right. So with, you know, now that the June 1st date has passed, uh, there's likely going to be a bunch of trades now that teams will uh, that are trading away players won't have as big a cap hit, negative cap hit when they trade them away. Um, so we're probably going to see a lot of names being moved here within the next couple of weeks. Honestly, probably knowing my luck, or once I turn off the camera, uh, some trade will happen. But we're going to talk about the biggest names that are kind of r- rumored to be on the trade block right now and where I think they best fit. So... Let's do it. Uh, I only got six names here because they're the biggest ones in my mind. Number one, Julio Jones. Obviously been like the number one talking point for the past couple of weeks. Um, okay. Yeah. The, 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 for me, the best fit for him for him is the Packers. Um, I mean, it's a good fit for the Packers too because you're making Aaron Rodgers happy. You're giving Julio a great quarterback. I mean, not that Matt Ryan isn't, but this is Aaron Rodgers, you know. Uh, and then you have another wide receiver on the other side of the field and Devontae Adams, who takes probably one of the safeties or corners off of you. Um, and okay, cool. And if maybe they don't, and they have to double both of them. Okay. Now you have, you know, MVS or Lazard, uh, actually they didn't sign, they didn't resign MVS. So you have Lazard in the slot who then is going to be a God or you have Tunyon or Aaron Jones in the past game. So it just opens up the entire offense. Uh, I think Julio really just wants. A ring at this point. I mean, he said it to Shandy Sharp on Undisputed. I just want to win. And the Packers, I think, are like one of the best situations. I mean, the, the other two teams can't afford him. The other two teams, I mean, uh, that like have the best chance of getting to the Super Bowl within the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, they don't have the cap room to afford him. Maybe the Chiefs do because they make all these random ass moves, but it's unlikely. And so I think the Packers are the next best bet. I would, the other places, that, like the two players that I'd really like to see him, I talked about this last week. I would love to see Julio in Jacksonville. I think it'd be great for Trevor Lawrence, be great for the first couple of years, you know, setting a culture. It'd be great for DJ Chark too, that he it could develop him. Um, and I think, you know, one of the biggest things with Julio Jones is he's been in a dome his entire career. And if you go to Jacksonville where it's warm and also, uh, every other team that you play, Houston has a dome, Indianapolis has a dome and Tennessee for the two games you play them, you know, one of them's going to be in Jacksonville and one of them's going to be in Tennessee. It might be cold in Tennessee, but unless it's like a December game, probably not. So you're basically playing warm weather the entire year round, just like you were in, uh, Atlanta, but I just think that'd be great. And then the other team that I think you'd be fitting really well with for very similar reasons is the Chargers. Uh, you have another star with uh, Keenan Allen on the other side. They don't have a tight end yet, so to help them kind of solve that situation by maybe, you know, if you have, like I was saying with the Packers, if you have two good wide receivers, you're taking the stress off of your tight end or your slot wide receiver. And, I mean, he's not a slot wide receiver, but Mike Williams is a great third option. Uh, Austin Eckler is excellent in the pass game. And you're making, very similar to Trevor Lawrence, you're making uh, Justin Herbert's life hella nice. For, uh, you know, now that he has an upgraded offensive line into arguably Hall of Fame wide receivers and uh, all Pro Bowl caliber running back, you know, and so I think it'd be great, especially for you know first year head coach and Staley, and with that division, um, well not that division, with the Chiefs in their division, that really helps them out. So I would like to see him on either Jacksonville or the Chargers, but I think the best fit probably is the Packers. Um, Leighton Vanderesh, yeah, I pulled this one out of thin air, didn't I? <laughs> Okay, yeah, you guys see it. Steelers. Now, why are is the Steelers the pick? Uh, the reason. So, first of all, if you're wondering why I'm talking about Leighton Van Der Esch, there's been a lot of rumors lately that the that the Cowboys are shopping him just because of injury and because you know he I think his rookie contract is expiring. They don't want to pay him, which is fair. Um, 
And I think the Steelers are a great fit. I mean, we saw this with Avery Williamson last year, a one-year contract, and he filled in at middle linebacker. I mean, he didn't play that much, but when he did, he, he was a difference maker. And I think, you know, you put him as in Leighton Van Der Esch at, at linebacker with Devin Bush. That's like one of the fastest linebacking tandems in the league. Uh, I don't think Lane Van Der Esch is going to get a one, two, or a three. I would be surprised if he even got a four, just because a neck injury for a linebacker is really hard to. Uh, it's a really hard selling point for for the team tra- trading him away. You know, for the Cowboys to be like, oh, well, he'll be fine. It's, it's like it's a neck injury. Chill. That's not. That's not. That's not the most uh, exciting news to get whenever you're trading for a player. But with the Steelers, I mean, they love playing zone defense. Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, uh, also for some reason loves putting linebackers on wide receivers for whatever reason, especially on like third and three or third and goal. He loves doing that. Uh, and so if he wants to do that, he can put that, he can put Leighton Vanderish or Devin Bush uh, on a slot wide receiver and they can likely keep up with them for the most part, or you can put them on a, uh, a running back. And also with the the way that the game's evolving where, you know, you, you a lot of quarterbacks have to be mobile now if, if you want to extend the play, you can have Devin Bush or Leighton Vanderish be a quarterback spy. I think that's a great fit. Uh, there's cap space there for the the trade to happen because Leighton Vanderish is still very cheap. Um, I doubt that if this happens, Leighton Vanderish resigns for multiple years, but I think it's a good trade overall for both sides because Leighton Vanderish will get to shine. And especially with uh, the Cowboys now picking up, oh God, what's his name out of Penn State? Like one of the most talented dudes in the draft. I can't remember his name. He has a problem. Me and JP and Parker were like, he's going to Oakland because it's a perfect fit. Micah Parsons. Uh, with them picking up Micah Parsons, it's more likely that they're going to move off of him because they're more likely going to trade Leighton Vanderesh because of the, how small his contract is in comparison to Jalen Smith, who has a bigger contract. So, yeah. Um, I think the, the Steelers are just a good fit. Not just because I'm a Steelers fan. Zach Ertz is going to the Buffalo Bills. I don't he- want to hear anything about it. The other team that I considered was also the Chargers because they don't have a tight end anymore, so that might happen. But uh, Philadelphia's not going to trade him in conference. I really doubt it. So, And the Bills are literally a running back, like a consistent running back, and a good tight end away from being on par with the Chiefs. I mean, Ertz is not like a Kelsey-esque or a Waller-esque tight end anymore. I mean, I think the last two years are definitely going to you know, depreciate his value. And just you know, aging it makes you... Uh, less a lowered ceiling player uh and so you know Zachary's definitely used to be in that in that tier with like you know uh Gronk and and Kelsey but a couple years off of your career is gonna you know it's gonna you're gonna decline a little bit but I mean if he could be in Buffalo man and Josh Allen has not had a really good like star uh tight end I think it would just be amazing with that defense getting better Brian Dable staying. Uh, there's rumors of him even signing an extension. Like, they would just dominate all they need. If they make this move happen, which I really think it will, because all the rumors are pointing toward, towards it happening, if they can just get a running back, um, it would they would be unstoppable. And I would love to see them play the Chiefs every single week, if possible, because that would be a great matchup. Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, the Patriots hate his contract, which I'm not surprised. I don't know why you offered him that much, but you did. And now you're stuck with him. Just kidding. You're not because you're probably going to trade him. Um, yeah, Cardinals are, in my mind, the best the best bet for, you know, where he fits. Um, for me, it's like a puzzle piece, man. They lost Patrick Peterson. They have the cap space. And their secondary is honestly their biggest uh, their their biggest worry. I mean, their defensive front is fine. Their linebackers are fine. Their uh, safeties are fine. Their def- their offensive line has gotten better. They now have 
two good running backs and James Conner and Christian and uh, I was gonna say Christian Kirk. That's a wide receiver. Uh, oh my God, I can't think of his name. What's his name? He was only on my fantasy team last year. Whatever the back the running back for the the uh, the uh, okay. You know what? What's his name? This is hold on, hold on. Please stand by. Hold on. Those running backs. Chase Edmonds, thank you. Um, and so uh, they have the running backs, they have the wide receivers, they have the quarterback, obviously. I think their biggest concern right now is their, is uh, not even their secondary, just their cornerbacks. And, uh, you know, not even just an experienced player like Gilmore, but, you know, someone who three years ago is arguably one, one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, he can bring his veteran ship veteranness to the team and help develop the younger cornerbacks that they you know whether they want to draft next year the guys that they have right now if they're confident in them i think that's just really really good for the cardinals it's very uh it's very jj watt-esque where you're bringing in a veteran to kind of help the team out for the most part and with that division that's gonna that they need as much help as they can get for being how young they are i think some veteran presence is going to be really really important and will help them out in the future so i would love to see stefan gilmore with the cardinals uh all right last last two Two big boys, Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're going back to this. Uh, for me, the best fit in my mind is Washington. Washington, like how I was saying, uh, the Bills are a tight end and running back away from like being just serious contenders. For me, Washington is a quarterback away from being a serious contender. Uh, I like Heineke, but he's probably not going to be the future. I had a butt at me where I was like, maybe, maybe he will be. And then they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick for some reason. Uh, here's what I see. I see Ryan Fitzpatrick being a great backup in case Deshaun Watson for some reason gets hurt. But Washington, great offensive line. Great young running back in Gibson. Great wide receiver core now. Great tight end. That's every element on offense they have solved. Great defensive front. Great secondary all around. Corners and safeties. Great linebackers. Like, they do not have a hole right now except for quarterback. And if Deshaun Watson could, like, pick his place, I would want to go to Washington. Um, not only that, but they're also going to be going under, uh, like, a like a brand reconstruction over the next couple of years. And you can be the face of that brand new brand. You can be, you, can be, you know, the face of this organization getting turned around, essentially. And with you on offense, you being the face of the offense, and then uh, Chase, oh, my God, I almost said Chase Claypool. Uh, Chase being the... Uh, face of the defense I just I think that in if Washington can make this work without giving up any big name players obviously and just giving up picks um and a couple small name players I think Washington will not only be the top of the NFC East for like the next four or five years but I think they'd be the top of the NFC with Tampa Bay for the next four or five years because in my mind uh Washington has a better defense than Tampa Bay the only thing that they don't have better than Tampa Bay is weapons because Tampa Bay has like three wide receivers who could be who are all pro bowlers and they've uh, tied in who's a pro bowler and two running backs that could be pro bowlers. So like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. But Washington's great, and especially like the duo J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson is great as well. So I think Washington's the perfect spot. I don't see any other location that he would succeed more. I like Miami, but they don't have the pieces yet. Um, they have the pieces for a trade, but they don't have the pieces for Watson to succeed. I think also the Texans would like to trade him out of conference and Washington would be, you know, the best situation for that. Also, I think it kind of helps that 
Houston is in Texas and Houston probably would not like to be the worst Texas team. And if they can have, if they can put two losses on the Dallas schedule every year. They would love that. Uh, all right. Lastly, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It says Packers. Why? Why should he go anywhere else? Seriously. Go to marriage counseling. You too. Go to Goonson and, uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers. You guys just need to go to marriage counseling, figure this shit out because Aaron Rodgers doesn't said he doesn't want to play for any team, but the Packers, and the, the Packers are like, we don't want to, we're not going to budge on Aaron Rodgers. We're going to call his bluff. Yeah, you, there, there's a good reason. You both are a great match. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers from California and this is Milwaukee, or it's Green Bay, but it's Wisconsin. Like, yeah, okay, that's the only issue. But like, seriously, you guys can't just bury this Packers, restructure his contract. If you were worried about salary cap, which you shouldn't be because you don't sign any players anyway, just do what the Chiefs are doing and make it guaranteed money. That's all you got to do. Um, Aaron Rodgers, you have weapons. Stop complaining about it so much. Maybe maybe the Packers should go a little more. But, I mean, hey, you want to solve this, Green Bay? Just get Julio Jones and then restructure Aaron Rodgers' contract. You guys are fine. There's no other team that fits him better than the Packers. There's no reason this should be even a problem. But this is a thing every single year. So, whatever. Let's move into but I mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you're new here, but I mean, uh, essentially... It's like hot takes. It's like, ah, I know this is more likely going to happen, but I mean, why can't this happen, you know? All right, number one. You'll catch on. You'll catch on. Number one. I know that they lost last night, and I spent an entire segment talking about why they're probably done. But I mean, why can't Braun summon up his 2018 version of himself and get the Lakers out of the first round? Uh, Braun has the talent. Brown, Braun, Brown. Braun has, you know, the, uh, the intangibles, the IQ. He has the players question mark if AD is somewhat healthy. Um, I can see, you know, I mean, if, if LeBron can somehow get that 2018 Cavs team to the finals, surely he can get this team out of the first round. Uh, but I do know that, you know, they're playing a really, really talented Suns team that probably would have been like the one seed in the East because the West is always strong in the East, yada, yada, yada. So, but I mean, it is LeBron James at the end of the day. So, I mean, why can't he do it? Um, oh, God. This is... Uh, I know that I'm I'm probably going to be wrong about him shutting up, but just follow me here. I know, I know, I know it's never going to end, but I mean, why can't Jake Paul get his ass knocked out so hard that he shuts the fuck up for the rest of his life? Yeah, he got scheduled for a new fight. I don't know when it is. I don't care. I'll probably not watch it. I'll probably watch the highlights because I don't want to give any money to him. He's a jackass. He's a garbage human being. Why can't he just, first five seconds, just, take one to the face take one to the schnauzer and just lay out cold so hard that he's embarrassed to ever speak again and he deletes his youtube channel he never tweets and he just he just takes all the money he's earned and puts into a retirement account and just shuts fuck up and goes and lives his own life why can't that happen it's not going to sometimes it's just for me to vent um and lastly i think it's the most important one for me this week like, important to me this week. Um, I know that they still have, you know, they still have to win one more game, and if not, they have to win two more games, and they have to get out of the first round and also get out of the second round and also get out of the conference finals and also win the finals. But, but I mean, why can't CP3 finally get his ring? I, I love watching CP3 play, man, because he's... A lot of people were, like, comparing him to Jimmy Butler, where it's like, oh, CP3 is just an asshole. People don't like playing with him. It's like, no, CP3 is just showing to be a leader 
Uh, I think the players that are complaining about him were just, you know, not they didn't like being, you know, told to what to do by other players. Uh, but I mean, if you look at what CP3's done, this to every team that he ever goes to, they automatically get better once he gets there, and they automatically get worse once he leaves. And I think he's one of those players that has worked his ass off to get to a finals, and just unfortunately, you know, the wheels never turned in his favor, whether it be injuries, whether it be super teams. Um, and I would just love to see the two teams I would love to see in the finals this year, man, are the Jazz and the and the Suns. The Suns obviously haven't been there in so long, and uh, I really like CP3 a lot. I think Deep Book is also really underrated. And this is the first time he's been in the playoffs. I'd love to see him succeed in the playoffs. And then for the Jazz, I just really like uh, hate Utah fans. They're the worst, <laughs> uh, except for Ramona and Kylie. Y'all chill, um, but. Those are the only two Utah Jazz fans that I know. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, but I'd like to see Utah win just because it's good for the state. And also, it'd be kind of cool to go to a finals game here in Utah. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be, a interesting, that'd be an interesting day. That'd be pretty fun. Not going to lie. All right. That's the pod. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, there's going to be some more brand new links in the description uh, in celebration of Pride Month. Make sure you guys go check those out. Uh, go support all those causes. And uh, also go better educate your guys yourselves as well. I'm not going to take down the older ones that are always in the description. I'm just going to put pride one, the pride ones above them. Uh, so, yeah, go check those out. And thank you guys for the support. Thank you guys. If you guys if you guys have gotten this far into the podcast, type uh, uh, Zach was right. Dennis Rodman is the true goat into the comments. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me and taking uh, 40 minutes out of your day to listen to this podcast if you made it this far. Appreciate it. Love doing the podcast every single week. Um, Yeah. See you guys next week.